The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, also now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. So now in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe. And I'm Carl Caravel. Yes, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, but for this week, we are not alone. It's been quite a while since we have had this man on the podcast here, Carl. And to for the show that we kind of had lined up here, I thought this would be the perfect guest to have. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, Mr. Gr- from the GrillPosition.com, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman, Editor-in-Chief. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Well, guys, all I can say is, hey, 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 what's happening? <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot happening here, to be honest. <laughs> Everything's just been kind of kind of the same, kind of the, kind of the norm, kind of the same old, same old when it comes to Turnbuckle Talk, with a little bit extra attitude mm-hmm. put in there. We see the WWE is doing this whole ruthless aggression stuff right now on, uh, you know, the WWE Network and stuff. So we're kind of adding in our own Canadian little ruthless aggression. Canadian aggression. Canadian That's- aggression is the best kind of aggression. Right. That's right. I'm just fucking it's stumbling all, it's around. It's always a pleasure in all seriousness. It's always a good time to hang out and talk with you guys. So thank you for having me on. Um, since we've talked to you last time, Ryan, uh, what have you been up to lately? It's been a while. Well, doing a little raising hell, you know, all that good stuff I try to do to poke the beehive yes. once in a while on social media. And uh, been doing a little writing. A uh, lot of family time this month. I, I took the last week off and, well, I didn't take it off but because I'm never actually off. But uh, I spent the last week just kind of hanging out with my people. So while all this craziness was going on in Saudi Arabia mm. and all that stuff happened, I, I was actually literally not even watching. I wasn't paying nice. attention. So I got the blowback from all you guys, all mm-hmm. my friends on social media, all my friends, all the podcasters between you guys and Rick and Jargo, all of our buddies. I was like, did you see that? No, I didn't nope. see it actually. I wasn't I just wasn't really that locked in at the time. Yeah, same kind of with me. I'm not sure if you watched the uh, the whole Saudi Arabia show, Carl, but uh I once again skipped out on it this time. I didn't see the in the the show in its entirety, but I did catch uh some of it at mm-hmm. least. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Some some pretty okay stuff, but some very disappointing stuff like Per usual, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Go you know, for- I got to ask you guys this yeah. because speaking of that, when you're when you kind of step away from stuff like that, at some point, I I've gotten to think to myself that the blowback and the actual reaction mm-hmm. from the IWC, that internet wrestling community, 
is more entertaining than some of the shows themselves. It, it really is. It's like it the incredible, be, yeah. oh my God, reaction that you get from people. And, it, and they just go completely off the rails on stuff. And that to me is actually funnier and more entertaining than watching the, you know, setting through three hours of pay-per-view. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I actually have something here that I wanted to read, and this is the perfect opportunity for it. And you're speaking about the internet wrestling community. I'm not going to mention the Facebook page or anything that this comes from, but somebody writes, AJ Styles, 12 years younger than The Undertaker. Taker wins in like seven seconds. (laughs) Ricochet, 11 years younger than Brock Lesnar. Lesnar wins in two minutes. Bray Wyatt, 21 years younger than Goldberg. Goldberg wins in three minutes. Nice to see the WWE building new young stars heading into Mania. Derp. <laughs> like, Jesus, dude. Really? Do you think that the age is really going to matter that much? They're Not talking about people. building stars. This is exactly, um, in my opinion anyways, this is a good way to start building your stars. You need to use your superstars from the past to kind of help build your superstars mm. for the future. In my opinion. But yeah, yeah. No, I would totally agree with that too. And it's the the biggest reason why everybody says that is because it's it's been their philosophy, it's been their trademark to continue to bring these established names back. But that's because those people draw money, uh, and right. unfortunately, they haven't been able to. And I'll uh, before we segue into the uh, Revolution pay per view from this weekend. But I will say this to you guys. When's the last time they built a megastar? I'm, I'm not talking about a star. Randy Orton's a star. Uh, Batista was a star. But the last megastar they built was 20 years ago. Yeah. That was John yeah. Cena. And they haven't yeah. built one since. So this formula, while I, I don't complain about it, I understand they've got to draw money. They want to get pay-per-view buys. They want to get people on the network. And people like Goldberg and The Undertaker are proven commodities. It, the formula doesn't work when it comes to young talent right now and they just they need to find some new mix and i do believe that there's nothing wrong with young wrestlers putting over the older guys they should and that's a they they get elevated even by losing mm-hmm. you know just by being in a match with ricochet got more press this week than he will have ever had gotten in his life yep. because he was in the ring with the right guy so yeah in some ways that does help build their names but in a lot of ways it's it's i don't know it's like a it's a clusterfuck formula they got going on right now no, that that's exactly, and I had mentioned I think it was last week uh, to you, Carl, that uh, you know bringing back Cena and, and these guys, that they they pretty much have to at this point because, like I said, either either by choice by the talent or or the company holding them back. Um, we just like you said, Ryan, we're not building those megastars anymore. Everybody's just an interchangeable part of the machine, and nobody really kind of stands out because, like I said, it's almost like they're afraid to do that in case something happens, and then they're they're left without. The, quote unquote, their their megastar. So they they just, I think that's one of those reasons why they don't is that they just they want everybody to just be interchangeable, and that, that's kind of a real shift in the philosophy. I think that's started to happen. Well, I heard someone today mention uh, uh, Cesaro. I saw it on Twitter. They were talking about when yeah. are they ever going to give him a push? They're never, not. Never. He, his time has passed now. Yeah. So they could have five, six years ago. They could have. Uh, three years ago, they could have. Yep. But. At some point, these guys get older, they start breaking down, and you have to go to the ones that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at how long they've waited on Seamus to come back. That's a guy they yeah. built up a few years ago. He was gone for, what, a year? Um, it felt like longer and, than that. <laughs> yeah, 
And I mean, the same thing with the guys that are in and out all the time or they've got legal problems or whatever. It just almost seems like right now they don't have that. I thought maybe with the fiend they had that, Hmm. but you know, whatever they're doing right now, they just don't have that one go-to guy that's under the age of 40. Nope. They really don't. And it's unfortunate too, because even like you're, you're talking about these guys that, that could have been and the age factor starting to creep up and come in and stuff like that. I mean, even, you know, people I know have, have even said to me, Oh, well, why don't they just build the star in NXT and then bring them up? Because those guys as well, unfortunately are busting their ass getting used so much. And they're starting to even get up there in the age and their bodies just aren't going to be able to handle it anymore. And I mean, the Adam Cole is probably the perfect name. And people have said for a long time, Adam Cole, he's the next everything. He's the next Shawn Michaels. He's the next everything. And I totally get it. He definitely could be. But we need to do that now and not, you know, be waiting like the WWE seems to have been doing with some of these other people. And then it's a lost cause. Yeah. I would say that a great example is look at the incredible pop that people like Bailey got. Or American Alpha, yep. or you know Enzo and Kaz. If you watch the crowd the first time, they those guys aren't even there anymore. Yep. It's almost like they build these kids up to a certain point, and either they just get lost in the shuffle, or they get let go. Yep. And, and that's that's the problem with the system right now. Yep, it's definitely a broken system. Now. WWE isn't without its criticism here. Uh, AEW, also, before we get into breaking down Revolution uh, here, uh, AEW gets its fair share of criticism, too. And the big one that I've been seeing lately, I'm sure that you guys will start picking up on this, too, is that we're getting the WCW comparison. Now, I'll start with you, Ryan. Do you think that this is a fair thing? Or is is this just, again, the internet wrestling community kind of uh, grasping on to something here and then running with it? Well, honestly, I don't mind the comparison, to be honest with you. I kind of like the fact AEW sort of reminds me of Nitro in its heyday, Mm -hmm. you know, when it was great. I mean, I I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but for quite a while, WCW was a pretty damn good company, you know, so being compared to them, there's no shame in that. And when you look at behind the scenes and some of the folks that I know that help produce the show and all that stuff. They're all old WCW guys. I mean, I, I still think Keith Mitchell is there as mm-hmm. one of the producers. You got Tony there. Jim Ross originally started out in WCW. So yep. a lot of it is very kind of has that old school 90s throwback feel to WCW. But in terms of the in-ring product and in terms of how it's being ran, I don't think there's any comparison. I think behind the scenes, AEW is a much more well-run company than WCW ever was. And that's no disrespect to Eric Bischoff. But again, you you have a whole different type of mentality. You have a different uh, type of characters backstage pulling the strings. So I I just think maybe AEW, if you want to compare it to WCW, maybe it'll be the version of WCW that's done right. What do you think, Carl? I I think you're somewhat in agreement uh, just by looking at the expression on your face. I definitely am. I mean... Um, Ryan's talking about, you know, AEW comparison to WCW like it wasn't in, in the heyday. Definitely, I would I would agree with that, but it seems different. It just, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has that kind of same feel, but it, it, it feels different as well because you know that it's a different company. You know that there's different stars. You know that there's different people. And, I mean, it's not like they're trying to, you know, bring back in, like, um, you know, 
Scott Steiner and trying to have him do something, you mm -hmm. know, with the company. And then it's going to be feeling a lot more like just a big WCW reunion happening. Yeah. Um, they've kind of shied away a little bit from that. I mean, with a couple of mm -hmm. little exceptions, right? Yeah, um, I agree. I totally agree with that. They, they've, I think they picked their spots when it comes yes. to this, Carl. Yeah, definitely they have. And and I think for that, genius, it definitely is. Um, when it comes to uh, AEW being, you know, compared to WCW, I think that as well in this day and age anyways, it comes down to the internet wrestling community going, we want that there is another Monday Night War. So we're just going to compare, you know, this new company to WCW because they seem to be doing really good right now. So we're just going to compare them to WCW. Yeah. Like, come on. No, they there's some similarities there, but come on. Like, give them their due. There's so much a, a better company. Everything's being run so good. Everything is just looking so good. Come on. The, the, the really funny part is that these are the people that have been crying for that alternative. You know, we want that competition now that it's here. Eh, we got to bitch about it and complain about it. So that, that's, it's like, I was about to say God I was damn that to you, it's always it's the same people that for years said, <laughs> man, I wish WCW had never gone out of business. Yeah. Now a company comes back that reminds them of WCW and they bitch about that. So, I mean, it's yeah. like six of one, half a dozen of the other, the way I look at it. I mean, you can't win. Yeah, and the other two things revolving around this topic that um, people make the uh, that they're making light they're, that they're bringing attention to is uh, you know the signing of uh, former WWE stars. That's one big criticism, and the uh, the subtle little jabs at WWE uh, throughout the shows, like uh, on on Revolution, we saw. Uh, Cody kind of do the Randy Orton thing there. So he did, did kind of like the pose and then uh, you know, did the move off of the ropes. So they, they seem to kind of take these subtle little jabs at WWE. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, just outside the, the talent, you know, those little kind of shots, you know, the, the thing with Triple H and uh, breaking the, the throne. Like I said, the, the Randy Orton pose and the, the move. What do, you, what do you guys think about these little kind of jabs at WWE? Is that cool or is it just are they, they, they prodding the, poking and prodding the beast too much here? I think it's one of those things that you should look at it like a basketball player mm -hmm. who talks a lot of trash. You know what? If you don't like it, fuck it. Beat me. Right. Prove me wrong. You know, and right now there's not a lot proven AEW. I haven't seen their buy rates from this weekend, no. but I just feel like they got a lot of momentum so mm -hmm. they can be the brash kid in the room right now who talks a lot of trash and, yep. and says shit. Maybe they shouldn't say, you know, maybe people think it's out of line. But you know what? That's how you get attention. That's how you get noticed. And that's what they're doing right now. They're just trying to get noticed. They're trying to set the world on fire. I'm, I'm a huge fan of their product. Uh, there's not everything about the shows I like. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you look at some of their big time, prime time matches with Cody and Mox and those guys. Yep. I mean, be honest, is WWE doing anything really that compelling now? No. No, so I, I agree um, that that those little shots are. I'm perfectly cool with it. I, I think it, uh, it it's it's getting the, the proper reaction and everything. And then what this is, it's just it's these people who are the the, the pro WWE fanboys that are just looking for something to bitch about. This is just it's, it's another like, thing I, on I, the I list. The, <laughs> I use the trash talking thing. Uh, you know, it's like Larry Bird or Michael yeah. Jordan or those guys. If you want to shut me up, you have to beat me. Mm -hmm. And right now, AEW, let's be honest, 
WWE put their crown jewel, no pun intended, <laughs> up against them on Wednesday nights, yep. and they can't beat them. Nope. So, you know, if you're AEW, you got to be feeling a little cocky right now. What do you think, Carl? I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they would have to start feeling a little cocky, definitely. Um, when it comes to, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, these subtle little jabs, these jabs, these subtle little jabs. Um, I think everybody's just looking and reaching and 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 going oh 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 yeah 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 oh yeah that um well maybe oh but yeah definitely that that was a jab oh yeah 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 it had absolutely nothing to do with anything but that was a jab at the wwe it definitely was shut up <laughs> not everything that's happening and going on is a jab at the wwe how many years did cody and randy work together yeah right and and uh, even myself, well, I, I've done it too. When I was working in, in the wrestling ring, I you know there would be a time where I would be doing someone else's uh, pose or, or or something, or I would do someone else's move, and then afterwards it's like, holy crap, yeah, I did do that. Okay, no, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I apologize, but but it's it's just something that's old hat it's habit it's just something that happens so if some definitely don't get me wrong the throne break that was a jab 100 percent, it was but these subtle little things that are happening where like let's say cody does the randy orton pose i've done the randy orton pose in the (laughs) ring and unintentionally yeah and so it's, it's not like it's the most original pose. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, all these people that are like, oh, that was a jab at Randy Orton now. No, it probably wasn't. It was probably just he's <laughs> so unoriginal of a pose <laughs> that he's just posing. Yeah. The, the... So I think that that like people really need to stop with all of that. Like, come on. Just just let them let them do what they're doing because they're doing fantastic right now. Yeah. And stop trying to trying to cause heat. They're and, gonna cause their own heat without you, guys, you doing anything. Carl, you just brought it up how you've been in the business and, and been in the ring. And you know, Joe, at this point, we've we've all kind of gotten to know people yep. in the wrestling industry. And someone said to me a long time ago, This is the most incestuous business there is. <laughs> We're all really related somehow. Yep. So if you think these guys don't send each other texts Hey man, I just did this. I hope that's cool. Blah blah. blah. I mean, they're not. It, nobody's really taking personal shots at each other. You think no, Cody no. doesn't respect Randy Orton? Of course he does. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, they're they they're part of the wrestling heritage. They're part of the wrestling bloodline. Yep. So y- you will sometimes see guys do things that. Oh my God, that guy is really just trying to say f you to the other guy. And <laughs> yeah. no, he's not. Yeah. They probably have talked about it before he even did it. Yeah. There's probably more people in the crowd. There's probably more people in the crowd kind of doing this kind of stuff. Like during the uh, the Cody MJF one uh, match, I, I picked up on one uh, when uh, we had some color from MJF. You very oddly heard somebody in the crowd go, "Hey Vince, how do you like that?" You know, it, it's uh, you know seeing that there was blood, and uh, whereas you know Vince doesn't like blood in his matches now, right? So um, also, I think more of this is coming from the audience than uh, the guys working in the ring, to be perfectly honest with you. That's 100%, 1,000% correct, because it's, and that, you know what? That's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. It's fun that there's kind of a little civil war going on between the fans. Oh, screw these. And and what cracks me up is WWE fans always say, these AEW fans are all just a bunch of nerds. They don't get it. (laughs) But at least AEW has fans. That's the point, is to have a fan base. It's good. Hey, great for the people who love WWE. Good for them. Great for the people that love AEW. Mm-hmm. I just, I remember, I, I vaguely remember about three years ago hearing 
I don't know, 2 million wrestling fans say, boy, I wish we had more choices than just WWE. Well, now you've got them. So quit fucking complaining. I mean, honestly, <laughs> yes. if you like Impact, watch Impact. If you like ROH, watch ROH. Yep. I mean, I don't understand the hate for one company or the other. I criticize WWE when they do stuff I don't like or that I watch the show and I yep. feel like they just wasted my time. That's my biggest complaint ever is if I invest my three hours on Monday night, don't waste my time. You're not costing me any money. Yep. You know, it doesn't cost me anything to sit down and watch a show, but just don't do something that wastes my time and insults my intelligence. And both, all, all the companies do that mm-hmm. at certain points. I definitely but agree. At the same time, you have to appreciate the fact that we actually have this diversity, this smorgasbord of wrestling <laughs> right now. Yep. You know what company I'm, I'm really was in 2010. We can go back how it was in 2010, and there's only WWE and nothing else, and that wasn't a very good era. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so, you know what? Sorry, I, I, Carl, I didn't mean no, that's that. o- that's okay. The company that I'm really a fan of is the company of pro wrestling. Agreed. And what I mean by that is, I don't care if it's WWE and they're giving me some good pro wrestling. If it's AEW, if it's ROH, if it's Impact, if it's NWA, if it's MLW, if it's Ignite Wrestling, if it's Midget Wrestling, if it's Canadian Wrestling's Elite, I don't care. If you're giving giving me good professional wrestling, that's what I'm a fan of. The- and I think that that's the mentality that everybody needs to start getting into, is that I am a fan of professional wrestling. Not I am a fan of AEW. Not I am a fan of WWE. Yep. No. I am a fan of professional wrestling. Okay, everybody that's listening, say it with me now. I am a fan of professional wrestling. Let's ingrain that into ourselves, people. Exactly. If you're going to give me a good product, then I'm in. I'm all in. Yep. You know, no, again, no pun intended. (laughs) But I, I, no, I, I mean, and same thing with WWE. I mean, when they're great, they are great. They are the greatest wrestling company of all time, period, based on money and attention and their mainstream value all that stuff let's not kid ourselves i mean wwe is the juggernaut yes but it doesn't mean they do everything right all the time and lately they haven't been doing it right very much so i mean just and that's the the other thing too is aew has been able to avoid when they have made mistakes they've been able to avoid stepping on their dick you know Mm. they they dropped bad storylines when like the brandy Rhodes thing and all that other stuff They've picked their spots. They've taken guys like Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt and Orange Cassidy and used them. And so, have you ever noticed those guys aren't on the show every week? Mm-hmm. That's right. Because they pick their spots when they use those guys. Yep. Those legends, DDP's not on the show every week because they pick their spots. Yep. And they're smart about And they only have two hours right now a week to fill. So, they don't have to exhaust everything at one time. WWE on the flip side has uh, a lot of hours of programming to fill and they tend to just choke the engine out a lot. Uh, Well, for those that, that at least have, you know, access to the internet, I guess you could say AEW has got three. If you want to include dark in there, because that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's where they're using a lot more of like the, the best friends and the, uh, uh, you know, Luchasaurus and Orange Cassidy and stuff like that, right? So that's where they're using them a little bit more. Um, even I think I saw Britt Baker on the last episode of Dark. Uh, Britt Baker was there with a uh, an unknown, I guess, right now anyways. Um, you know, pro- probably a tryout or something. I don't know. But like, so, I mean, they got like three hours 
but they're you're right they're using and picking their spots to almost perfection yeah. right now kind of going along with uh, how you worded it carl how, how i kind of go about that is i'm like you like i like to uh, like to watch good professionals and regardless of what company is it if they provide good wrestling i'll watch it whether it be ww whether it be AEW, ring of honor mlw or so on and, and, and whatnot but at the same time when i see bullshit or i see stupid stuff i am i'm right there to, to call them out regardless of what the company is if, if it's AEW, if it's wwe you know I, I like good wrestling but at the same time i call it the bullshit when i see it uh, regardless of what company is because uh, this is a, a form of entertainment that we love and i you know we hold it to a higher standard so i i just i have to call it the stuff that's bad when i see it i just i have to i you know i agree and i i will i'll mention the company's name like i mean i probably have never been closer to any other professional wrestling for other than ovw now mm-hmm. but that's because you know of the whole situation but uh but like with impact but i've asked like friends of mine there, like i, I mean I, I i love you and I'm rooting for you guys, mm-hmm. but what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I mean, you can you have to be brutally honest when you when you look at wrestling. It's not like I hate wrestling; I hate silly shit. Yep. And I don't want to see. You know, I, I don't mind comedy. I don't mind you know, like Carl said. I wouldn't even mind midget wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's fine as long as it's good midget wrestling. Yep. When it comes I'll to the, probably get sued for saying the word <laughs> midget now. When it when it comes to that, uh, I had a, I will mention uh, the person's name. I've actually had this discussion with a few people now that have been trying to defend Impact Wrestling to me. And you had mentioned stupid shit, uh, pun intended in that case. For me, when it comes to Impact res- Wrestling, when your main champion has to, I know I know that this happened before she was crowned the champion, but this still applies in my opinion. When your top talent has to resort to recording themselves taking a shit for money, you know that you're having problems when you can't afford to pay your talent and they have to resort to those kind of tactics. Allegedly. That is awful. <laughs> awful. Yeah, allegedly, but still. You know, it's, you know, you see some of these other ones that are having to do the, these Patreons, the, these uh, kind of racy kind of photos to try and uh, generate some money. That, that that looks really, really bad on the company that you're working for, the fact that the talent has to resort to to these tactics. It's, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, we've gone backwards. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we we used to always talk about. Oh, I wish it was just like the '80s. Well, it is. It is just like the '80s. The promoters are making all the money, and the wrestlers aren't. So yep. you got what you wanted. Yep. Yeah. No, and and that, that's so true. It definitely is. Like it's it's crazy to think, but I mean, things have really come full circle. And, and I mean, I even had a guy um, that I worked with the other day. He was he was like, oh, you know what? Like I caught a little bit of that uh, that a- AEW show. He's like, it was it was actually pretty good. And then he's like, and then I saw, you know, on the computer that there was like NWA is 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 kind of there again. And he's like, everything's coming full circle. He's like, it's reminded me of back when I was when I was a kid watching uh, wrestling. And, and yep. that would have been back in the 80s. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah how how fitting is it that yeah 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 definitely it, it has and in almost almost every aspect it definitely has back then we didn't have you know the internet to be able to yeah. go out and do these patreons and only fans and and you know all of these different things for that but yeah 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 you're right uh, I, and you know as a guy who works with young talent and and my best friend obviously is a producer for developmental territory 
And, you know, we're always talking about well, this guy should go there and this guy should that. And they take care of their people. Don't get me wrong. But it is alarming to me how little these kids make now mm-hmm. for what they do and the risks they take and putting their bodies on the line and driving all those miles. I mean, at least back in the day, I can remember guys actually getting paid, you know. So when I get a phone call from a guy and he says to me, um, not to give too much insight on what I do, but when a guy calls me and says, um, hey, can you get me to this territory and how much money can you get me? You know, I have to be very realistic with him, yep. you know, that it might not be much. You might get trans and that's about it. And unfortunately, even at the highest level, unless you're a Brock Lesnar or a Goldberg or John Cena, you're not really making a lot in this business. And the cost, the, the risk versus the reward is great um, between the the time you have to spend at the gym, the time you have to spend in the tanning bed, the time you have to spend in the car and all the money that that takes just to get there. It's, I mean, it's a tough business, man. And so the fact that it's starting to open up and be more diverse and there are all these new places to go, even if, as long as they pay them a living wage, you know, it's better than we were a few years ago. Well, at that level and even going to, you know, our friend uh, Danny Duggan with uh, CWE, I mean, to start making those dollars, I mean, just quite frankly, at that level, I mean, you got to prove yourself to be a draw for money before uh, the promoter is going to start really throwing some money your way. You know, it's not something that you just walk in the door and boom, here's money. You know, you got to prove that you're a draw first and then, you know, success will come and and then money will follow. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I believe Al Snow once said, you know, the greatest worker in the business ever is. Hulk Hogan because he made more money than anybody did. And once you can prove that you can make that money, people will put you on any card and they'll put up all with all your bullshit. They don't care. You're a star (laughs) and people are going to pay to see you. And that's why he's still over to this day. He might be at WrestleMania. You never know. I mean, he he might be in a match in WrestleMania. If he wants to be in a match, he will be because he's Hulk fucking Hogan. That's why. (laughs) That's That's a great point. Okay, guys, let's start breaking down this AEW Revolution card here because uh, there's uh, some good stuff to talk about here. Um, there was a dark match that they didn't show, and there's not even a um, a match time for this one. It was uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford uh, versus Riho and Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, damn, those names are hard to say. Um, just a, a tag team match, and I, I don't know what the result uh, Actually, I know what the result is. Britt Baker and Penelope Ford won the match, but there's no match time or really any details of what happened. Um, I almost think that this might have been a decent uh, card to actually have on the show. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of an indication that we don't know much about this match, that AEW's women's division. It's And I, I think I'm not saying anything new that anybody's never yeah. talked about yet. It there's they need something yeah. it's just it's never really kick-started like the heavyweight division has done or even the tag team division i think uh part of it is because they've built around a lot of names that a lot of american fans don't know Britt baker i think is the main one i think that they were really kind of trying to present her as this you know she's the the face of the division she's you know the the one to kind of cheer for and as soon as they put a microphone in front of her. We would just, we, we all kind of gasped in horror. It's like, really? <laughs> like just, there's no really kind of likable factor about her. And then now that they've tried to make her uh, a heel, just boy, they really shit the bed with, with her. I think they, they just need to totally kind of repackage her and go with something different because boy, that's been such a flop with her so far. Yeah. Carl, what do you think about her promos? <sighs> Very, 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 very 
Um, very. Lots I'm of very. A, I'm 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 a doctor. Yeah. Good for you. And that's yes. your bicuspids are are terrible, <laughs> and I suggest that you brush them. And um, if you come to the office, I'll give you a toothbrush even. And uh, yeah, because they're very 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 bad. Uh, um, just like this promo, done. Like I watched him, and you can. And Shivani's usually the one there with the microphone. And I'm just, I'm trying to think of what in the, he's saying in his, in his head. I'm just like, the only thing I think of is like, what's this crazy bitch talking about? I think Tony's got to be <laughs> thinking in his head. It's like this doesn't. No, this is this is awful. I, but I, I have to stand here and, and look like I give a shit. I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm in here laughing. Man, you can almost tell well, like he's. I, I love her though. She's a she's a talented. Lady. Yeah, just, it's just yeah. maybe just a different direction. With yeah, her. she used to. Uh, I think yeah. she. Definitely. Need some time in NXT with uh, Mr. Uh, William Regal to learn how to shoot a decent promo because ugh, uh, th- that part of her game is awful. I-, I think she's a great talent in the ring, but just um, yeah, just one of these ones that uh, needs some help with the talking. And or maybe just do the Shinsuke thing and talk as little as possible. <laughs> to do that too, that's a, a definite possibility. Uh, yeah, I mean that. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Either you just have her not not do so much talking, mm-hmm. um, or you have somebody you know kind of talk for her. You've got this yep. whole thing going on right now with Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone, and she's like, "Oh, you know, he was he was slinging coffees at Starbucks before, and they're doing all of this." Well, why don't they just pull some little angle where yeah. I make enough money as a dentist that I don't really need to do this, and I don't need to talk to anybody. So, Shivani, here's here's some here's a couple of bucks for you. Yeah. Um, it, it's enough to get you, you know, like fifty coffee today, uh, from you know Starbucks, the one that you worked at, and uh, you know you just talk for me because I don't feel like talking to these people anymore, and. You only need him once in a while to be able to do that for her, to cut a promo backstage with her or something like that. And when she comes out to the ring, she doesn't have to talk, so there's nothing needed there. You could pre-tape all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like It's simple. Simple it and simple. easy to do, and you're going to put her over as a heel, and then she's she can run with it, and the company can run with it and make her an actual heel star. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, simple. A good, a good heel has to be able to cut a good promo. I mean, that's that's where the heel side of things come from, from yep. mostly all the talking trash. What they do in the ring doesn't matter. The heel talks the trash, and the baby face is the star in the ring. And Absolutely. that's that simple, you know? So next up, we had our one pre-show match. Uh, did you guys, either of you guys catch this, um, the, the buy-in, as, as they call it, for their pre-show? I, I had it on in the background as I was making dinner, so I didn't really see all of it. They do a pretty good job on these pre-shows. I, I think that they do it better than WWE. Uh, I actually watched this whole thing, and it, it did kind of you know catch me up on things that maybe I weren't 100% familiar with and just kind of got me kind of invested for that main show. And I, I thought they the, the way that they do these little vignettes and these segments and these interviews are, are really well put together. They have some person doing the voiceovers. Uh, they sound awfully familiar. I don't know if they do stuff for movies or documentaries, but it's a really recognizable voice. And I think that's another important element with these things too, is that the person doing the narrating actually kind of gets you involved in it. I, I like the way that they do it. Yeah, well, you know, TNA had that for a long time. They had the, the voice guy. The voice TNA guy. with the real heavy voice. And, yes. all, and honest to God, sometimes just from his narration, their lead-ins were better than their pay-per-views. <laughs> sometimes. 
So for this pre-show match here, we had the Dark Order, which of course is Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus SoCal Uncensored with Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Just a, a regular tag team match. We had ourselves a tag team match for this pre-show here, guys. Uh, what did you think of this matchup? All right. Well, I, I'll just say this. Anytime I get to see Scorpio Sky, it's a pleasure. Right. As I I have to tell you, I, I will be shocked if they don't eventually break him off from that tag team and make him an individual star because he's he's just got it. He's the standout for, for sure. And what about you, Carl? What did you think of, uh, of this matchup for their pre-show? I mean, it, it was the perfect segue to go from, yeah. uh, you know, pre-show or buy-in yep. um, into the pay-per-view itself. It really pumped everybody up. It pumped me up, at least. And then even, um, you know, the inclusion of, you know, a new name that was, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they, you know, it was just, and, and I mean, the new name wasn't anybody new. I mean, we're yep. looking like, you know, it was, you know. Uh, somebody in a hood. Um, I'm hoping that I'm getting things right here because I've watched a lot of boom, uh, boom. a lot of show today Coca and Bear. stuff. Um, so, but I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like we're looking that as well. Um, Joe just kind of threw that out <laughs> there as well. So I am thinking correctly yes. with this. Uh, boom, boom, uh, Cole Cabana. Yep. Uh, coming out there, right, and coming to the aid, and uh, like I mean, it was it was all just really cool. And then you see, uh, you know. Uh, coming out and he's got the hood on right and then you know christopher daniels takes it off and then here we're all thinking you know it's it's the anointed one it's it's him it's him it's finally and then no like he you know goes in there and starts beating up on the dark order and then like things just and it was just a good all-around story tell Right. And they're keeping yep. that story going. And and I've said it before on the podcasts. I'm all about those stories. Make those stories yep. good for me. And I want to see them continue and include different little aspects as you're going through. And I this 100 percent did that for me yep. and then led into the pay-per-view, which was just fantastic. Now, and Joe, I will say this. That's going to be one of those storylines that was dead on arrival that they ended up saving. With the exalted one angle, yeah, the dark order thing was yep. really, really being shit canned by everybody. Yeah, and and now it looks like it might have a payoff in the end. And like just Carl was just saying there, yep. it's because if you hang with it and you weave that thread, it all comes to fruition in the end. Well, since you- I'll even go as far as letting everybody know that you can go to uh, uh, Dark Order or join DarkOrder.com yeah. and, and, and you can actually like there's a section to hit join. Yeah. I did that today. I watched that that match. I watched yeah. that. I was able to catch it and, and I was able to see that today that uh, buy in pre-show. And I yeah. went right away to join DarkOrder.com and I was like. Yeah, this is the, wow. Okay, yeah, like and an I filled thing, yeah. everything in, yep. and I'm like, holy! I'm not. I'm not going to tell anybody what's come of it just yet. Maybe hmm. on another episode, I'll let you know what's come of that because they they wanted my email address, they wanted my birth date, they took my phone number, they wanted a little description of things, and it was like, yep, okay. Hmm. So I did it. I don't care. I did it. Uh, you know, I want to join the Dark Order. There you go. Joe, we find out that he's the exalted one. I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about who, who do you think it's going to be, Ryan? Uh, well, I think originally it was going to be Marty Skrull. Um, I think so, But too. since that's all changed, I, I, I can see them if this Matt Hardy thing is actually really going to happen. Why not have Matt come in and reinvent himself for the 9,000th yeah. time 
and and just kind of do sort of the broken thing, but as the leader of the Dark Order. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of coming out of left field as well as uh, our friend uh, Mr. Michael Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast. The Kenny o- usually does come out of left field. That uh, Kenny, o- that uh, that Kenny Omega is going to be the exalted one. I am actually on board with that too. That that that's who I think it's going to be. Um, I think that everybody's kind of anticipating that pay- Adam uh, that uh, Hangman's going to be the guy to turn on. On, on Kenny, I think that they need to kind of throw the swerve in there. I think it has to be Kenny um, to actually uh, turn on Hangman and that he will be uh, the exalted one for the uh, Dark Order. I'd be good with that. Yeah. So next up, we had one of my favorite matches from uh, the show. At least uh, for me, it was one of my favorites. Uh, Mr. Jake Hager making his AEW in-ring debut versus Mr. Dustin Rhodes. This match just went just shy of 15 minutes. This was a, a pretty damn good match. Uh, this one really kind of got me going. I, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. It was uh, interesting to see a kind of more MMA-ish kind of Jake Hager in the ring as opposed to what we were used to seeing in WWE. Carl, what do you think about that one? I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm still shocked by how well Dustin does. I mean, at his age, yeah. at this point, the shape that he's in, I mean, I think he's better today than he ever has been. At 50 years old, Dustin Rhodes <laughs> is at his prime. Uh, 100%. I, I would say that uh, with full sincerity, he definitely right now is at his prime. And to put him in there with Jake Hager, this whole storyline, again, I'm talking storylines from months ago <clears throat> where, you know, and it's been this back and forth between Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. And then Jake Hager, you know, broke his arm, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then like all the way through coming up. And then anytime that they're all collaborating together Jake Hager goes right after Dustin Rhodes those subtle little things built this matchup so well I was so interested and invested in this that I was super happy with the entire thing Um, like you said about storylines the broken arm thing happened how long ago right Right? and and they they finished that they're finishing that up just like you said Carl it's storytelling Exactly. And that's what I'm loving about this. And and especially for this one here, I've always been a huge fan of Jake Hager uh, when he was in the WWE uh, or any anything that he's done. I've always been a fan of his, um, you know, maybe maybe not so much the we the people thing that was kind of, eh, yeah, I get it. it yeah, OK. Uh, but I mean, everything has just been great with that guy. Um even on the Jericho cruise, when I was there getting to, to meet him and, and just chat with him and, and like, we were chatting it up. Like we were just, you know, homies from the hood from years ago. Like it was like, we knew each other for, you know, forever. And it was just really cool and a down to earth guy. And then to see him go in and this performance that was put on by the two of them, I was super happy with it. We're really seeing the, the difference in the philosophies here. Uh, look, looking with the show, I mean, we all of these storylines have been built up for months ahead of time, leading up to the show a little bit by little bit, not giving away too much uh, too quickly. And then we look at WWE. We're coming to WrestleMania. We're sitting early March here, guys, and we're looking again like we're going to start building the storylines at WrestleMania instead of months before leading into WrestleMania. We're doing this again, so we're seeing kind of the uh, the, the really different philosophies. Uh, playing out here and i gotta say um I, i'm definitely liking the AEW approach more uh, we're just invested in most of these matches whereas going into wrestlemania i'm not invested in any of that right now so it's it's 
such but a difference I, in, the, in I, thought process. I kind of think slow and steady is the way to go, yep. guys. I mean, and I said that even when it comes down to these guys training to be wrestlers or the development of these wrestlers, we were talking about earlier about how WWE, it's like they hot shot these guys up to the main roster and then they wonder why it doesn't work out yep. because you have to, you have to build it up. You have to go mm-hmm. slow. And I think that's, that's been, as you said, the approach AEW's taken. And even with lower card stuff, mid card stuff, mm-hmm. they're, they're paying attention to detail at the lowest end of the card. Yep. So, it just helps build to the main event like that. Leading right into that, our next match for the show is a perfect example of what we were just talking about. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guerva. Uh, this match officially kind of going just right at five minutes, but there was some interactions and some stuff before. Guys, this was almost the perfect kind of match. This was this was excellent. This is how you pull off uh, a match. It's not too long. It's not too short. Just it was it was it, it, they did what they needed to do. Nothing more. Nothing less. Yeah, the crowd just went crazy for oh, Darby. Yeah, I mean they, they just they love that kid. Yeah, he, he's a he's a star. He's he's a, he's a star now. And I've I think Sammy will be too. Because, yeah. You know, I, I was going to ask Carl as a guy again, not somebody that's been in the ring. Which one do you think has the most potential out of those two? Because I think they both have it. <laughs> that's I yeah, it's really tough. Like honestly, both of them do. Uh, maybe I'm going to say maybe Darby a little bit over Sammy. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, that one's really tough. Um, I've heard a lot of complaining though. I've heard a lot of complaining. Why was this only five minutes? Why was this only five minutes? Of course they're going to complain. Um, right. Of course they're going to. And and to those people, I say, this is building. Mm -hmm. They don't, they didn't need to go out there and have a 20 minute match. No. The two of these are good young talent who went out there, showcased exactly what they can do and really put everything on the line for both of them in five minutes. They've made you believe that they know what they're doing and can do it in five minutes. Right. And they appeal to their, their fan base for those guys. Those guys are the ones that need to have the young fans behind them. And look at them. They're both young, good-looking, athletic guys. And let's face it, their their generation, we're, we're, we're a little bit past that now in our, <laughs> our gray years, but their generation has a short attention span. Yep. Yes. They, they want a five-minute match. They don't like the 60-minute matches that we did yep. when we were kids because they're just not going to stick around for it that yep. long. So those guys appeal to a younger fan base at the right time in the right place that's all mm-hmm. i mean who cares if it was five minutes did they do their job in five minutes absolutely good done get out yep perfect uh darby of course getting the win now next up uh, a match that i will kind of complain about the the time on this one a little bit we had uh, kenny and uh page versus the young bucks uh, this match went uh, almost 31 minutes i personally i think i mean this was this was a, it was a, it was a great match but i think maybe about 10 minutes too long I would, i've got maybe 20 minutes uh, at the most uh, on this one here. But once again here, guys, I mean, we're putting over on commentary all the time, the Young Bucks, one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, outside of people who haven't seen their stuff before, people watching now that didn't know anything about the Young Bucks before, they got to be thinking, really? These guys are the best in the world? They haven't won hardly at all in this company. Uh, at some point, they, they got to give these guys a win. I know that they're helping run the company, and maybe they have this thought process of, oh, we just want to keep putting everybody over. At some point, they got to win here, guys. 
Yeah, they don't look like the young bucks from Ring of Honor and New Japan anymore. No. You know, though they they looked awesome during their Ring of Honor run. Yeah. And AEW, they're almost like burying themselves. Yeah, that's what it feels point. like. And I think Omega's kind of done that a little bit too. You know, like they've all stepped back and you know, if you want to be big stars, you gotta make yourself I mean, Cody's over because Cody knows I'm the draw. Yep. I'm the guy who they're going to tune, tune in to watch. Mox is over because he knows I'm the draw. I need to be at a certain point in the card. Yeah. I agree. I mean, all this playing the underdog and putting your tail between your legs, you know, to help build up other guys, that's all cool and all. But, I mean, Kenny Omega right now doesn't look anything like the oh. the guy who faced Okada a couple of years ago. And the Young Bucks, they don't look the same either. They all look weak right now. What do you, what do you think, Carl? I, it's very true. They, they, they all, all of them, all of them, are looking really weak right now. It, it's not the same at all yeah. as what we've seen. Um, even with with them, you know, in in different promotions with the elites, right? I mean, they got that name and they gave themselves that name because they were the elite mm-hmm. of the companies, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. now, now it just seems like they're the, you know, undercards of the yeah. company and, and I totally get it. Like you're saying, right They're they're, you know, part of management within the company. I get it. But I mean, I'm management within the company that I work for as well. And I'm still out there doing my job. I'm still out there in the field working. Right. And I'm still making sure that I'm putting on my best face for the public. Mm-hmm. These guys need to do the same thing. Yeah. Don't, don't devalue yourself just because you're in management with the company and because you might hear haters online going, well, they've only got the belts because they're running the company. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Shut your face. See how they got the belts because they deserve to have the belt. Yeah. They've earned the belts. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Rick. Um, but yeah, I mean, like... I think yeah, that's totally what they're thinking. They have to. They have to change change it and, and just be like, you know what? No, we're winning. Yeah. We're winning. That's it. Yeah. Like, let's let's just run with this and i think that's what's in their head that they're trying to avoid this perception that because they're running the show that 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 they'll look bad by putting the titles on themselves and 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 then going along with this too strangely enough the one to really kind of stand out here is is hangman like he's kind of taking that ball with himself himself and just kind of running it doing cowboy shit you know having the 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 beer you know (laughs) hold my beer while i go kick some ass like this was fantastic I love the cowboy shit. Oh, it's Chad. awesome. I'm sorry. When the crowd starts doing that, I just, I pop every single time because it's just, it's another example awesome. of a young guy who's just found something that's getting him over. Yep. It's just like I said about Darby Allen. There's that skateboard ride down to the ring. Yep. There's something about that that people just love and nothing wrong with that. But you know what we were talking about earlier about the, uh, about the former Bullet Club guys. It's strange that when Cody joined the Bullet Club a few years ago, I heard everybody saying, "Oh man, he just wants them to carry him." He's he's he left WWE and he just want they, he just wants them to carry him. He's trying to latch onto them. Well, now he's the guy carrying them. Yep, he's the guy carrying Omega and the Bucks because, you know, they went from being top of the card to middle of the card, and he's the guy at the top now. So yep. it, it's just it's a strange shift, and and I I will agree with what you said about Paige. I think. He has a chance to be a bigger star than Omega. Yep, absolutely. If done right with the way those people react to him. That's all that matters, man. Yep. And even at the end of this match, you could see Paige kind of just teasing that buckshot layer out there just a little bit, like he was going to go after Kenny there. But they're they're holding off on that. Like I said, I, I really hope that 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 they do this correctly. I think Kenny needs to be the one to turn on Paige. 
you know, kick, um, Page is over with this cowboy shit. Uh, if, if they if they turn him heel at this point, I think it's the wrong move. So uh, I, I agree that'll right? backfire. I think exactly. So I think that that's uh, the approach to go with. Now, next up here we have for the AEW Women's World Championship, we have Chris Statlander versus probably one of the most controversial champions in professional wrestling today, Nyla Rose. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? I I. Uh... I don't really the Nyla Rose thing. I, I really haven't formulated an opinion on what to think about that because mm-hmm. I've heard so many people say yep. so many outlandish offensive things about her <laughs> and all that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I really don't want to engage in all that. What I try to do is watch the matches and just think, well, Hey, she's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a champion, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I try to take all the political bullshit out of it. For me, uh, like, first of all, with Chris Stadlander, I mean, here's somebody that just kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. I, I mean, she she has potential to be a huge star in this women's division. I think they really need to latch on to her. I think she's the the horse to kind of go with uh, going forward here. With Nyla Rose, for me, what it comes down to, to her is I have no real issue with the in-ring uh, work and the product with her. It's when she's doing these promos and stuff like that. I think that, that they need to, like I said on our last episode, I think they really need, in AEW, they need to hire a PR person to kind of tell these talents okay you know you can say things up to a certain point but you you, you can't engage with the, with the, the trolls and whatnot nyla does a lot of this kind of stuff and i think that they need to kind of get that under control because with her just with all the the, the controversy and whatnot i think they and then they, there was a little bit with cody too with the whole val venus thing you know oh, he's just a mid car trying to get a, a job with us and blah 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 they, they need to get somebody to kind of keep the stuff under wraps a little bit well i think you know I- not only does Melkor, my partner, Michael Melkor, he he's helps out with Ohio Valley wrestling, helps produce the show film, yeah. and all, but he also teaches a social media class mm-hmm. every week at the Al Snow wrestling Academy. Yeah. And so we have these talks a lot about this is how far you should go on social media. Mm-hmm. And this is where you shouldn't go. But and yeah. we really have, I mean, even down to the way we've crafted our personas online for lack of a better word, is it's very calculating. You have to realize what you're going to look like to other people. And many times the AEW folks have come off looking really bitter Mm -hmm. and you don't ever want to look like the bitter asshole online because that's all that's going to do is invite, as you said, the trolls, the people that are going to come out and who have, you know, they're anonymous, but they can say something that gets on your nerves and hurt your feelings. Yeah. Now, I think it was the right move keeping the title on uh, Nyla. By like I said, going forward, uh, Statlander for for the time being, they really need to uh, do something with her because I mean, she just she she has that look, she has that character, and damn, she can work in the ring. She has everything that you want. Uh, they need to really latch on to her and do something with her because you got to think WWE. Everybody else has got to have their eye on her in case she wants to jump ship, so to speak. I like her a lot, Carl. What do you think about Chris? Fantastic. Don't tell my wife, but I am like in love with Chris Statlander. <laughs> right? My word. She's, like, she's a good looking girl. Well, I'm not even just ring. that. I've been in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even just that. Like, just everything about her, just like, I loved, I loved the character. I loved the gimmick. I loved the work in the ring. Like, 
I just even the subtle little movements, like just everything. She doesn't yeah. need to talk. She doesn't need to do anything except she 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 touch, touches her nose and then she puts her hand up and her finger out and the, and then she like instead of touching someone else's nose like Nyla, she just touched the belt and that right there solidified everything. You knew that was it. Yep. I am a hundred percent in love with this entire Chris Statlander. Uh, gimmick, work, person, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and and from outer space, like come on, how cool like, is that, right? Top shelf, everything. I love that. If if anybody doesn't know, I I'm I'm into kind of that kooky, crazy kind of conspiracy, UFO, uh, paranormal, all of that kind of stuff. When I'm working nights, I listen to a program called Coast to Coast AM where they have all of this different type of stuff that's on there. And like, I'm interested in like UFOs and aliens. And then, you know, her coming out with this gimmick of being, you know, an alien from, you know, the Andromeda unit and, you know, her finishers, the Big Bang Theory and like all of it, just everything works so well together. I love it. So now that we've established that Carl has a Chris Statlander fetish, yeah. <laughs> What's the next match? <laughs> Before we go, I got to say I'm right there with Carl on this one. Uh, uh, as a, as a as a heterosexual male wrestling fan, I like some Chris Statlander. That's all I can say. And, and just for the record, I will agree with you. I, I listened to Coast to Coast back when Art Bell hosted it. Oh yes, <laughs> old Me I am. Too. Me too. All right, next up here, guys, we had MJ. That guys. For anybody who isn't aware, I mean, the build-up for this uh, particular match, I mean, they've just been spot on with us. It's been fantastic. They, they've done all the right things. We we have a heel in, in this match who gets the desired reaction from the audience from when he steps out behind the, from behind that curtain to when he steps back behind that curtain. We have MJF versus Cody uh, in just a, in a singles match here. This went just under 25 minutes. This was fantastic on every level. I mean, MJF. I mean, what more can I say? This guy is the best heel in wrestling right now. And I think we talked earlier about how WWE doesn't have any up-and-coming big stars under the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And how many guys have we just named from this pay-per-view, including MJF, that are under 30 that look like TV stars right now? MJF, I mean, yep. it, you know, I showed my daughter, who, who she mildly pays attention to my bullshit because you know she's my kid <laughs> but i showed her the promo that he cut on cody when he made fun of his lisp yeah she was like oh my god i can't believe he just fucking said that <laughs> and I was like, no, but that's what makes it so cool yeah. is that you don't you can't believe some of the stuff that comes out of this kid's mouth yeah. he's so cocky he's so arrogant he's so sure of himself that he makes the perfect heel and he has the perfect foil in the american nightmare the hero the guy that everybody loves. So, yeah, I, I agree. And this thing's not over. We know that. Yeah. They're going to stretch this out for a long time. Yeah. Now, the, the only thing with this here that I think is a little unfortunate is uh, it, seemingly people are just kind of ignoring this match and everybody's lashed onto this neck tattoo thing with Cody. Uh, and the match seems to be kind of... The thing I apologize. <laughs> I'm part of that. Damn you, right. I'm wagging my finger at you. But, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody's... Uh, uh, bitching and complaining about this tattoo. I, you know, honestly, I, I'm perfectly fine. I think it symbolizes kind of his dedication to his brand and, and, and this company. The location of the tattoo, I think, is maybe a little questionable when you're an, an executive for a company having a neck tattoo uh, or anything nearing the face area, like Mike Tyson-ish. I mean, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a little dodgy, but it's professional wrestling. Personally, I'm okay with it. Uh, his wife is not okay with it. I know you weren't necessarily a fan of it, Ryan. Um, I didn't really have much issue with it. Uh, for me, just it, it, this, this match and this rivalry is is what I've been really digging out of this. I don't want to get any heat here, but I believe my exact quote was, neck tattoos are for hillbillies and gangsters. <laughs> yeah, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not the EVP of a major company, so yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. Cody is 10 years younger than me. He's 34 now. I, he's actually 10 years to the same. We have the same birthday. Yeah. So um, he was born in 85. I was born in 75. There you go. I will. I would just pass along to him. The things I did at 34 are not the things I would do at 44. Yeah. And tattoos are permanent. Yes, So one are. of these days yeah. you're going to wake up and look at that thing and go, holy shit, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You know, at least, uh, uh, d- Cody, don't go near the face area. That's all I'll say. Don't get a face tattoo because then you'll just, then you will look like an idiot. What did you think? Of- tattoos we don't know about. <laughs> um, none that, uh, that people aren't aware of. I mean, yeah. I've got the one on my arm. I got one little tiny one on my chest and then I got one on the other arm. That's, as long as you don't want one on your ass or your lower back, we're good. No, 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 uh, no butterflies or anything like that. No on tramp the lower stamps, back. Eh? No, uh, tramp no tramp stamps, uh, nothing, no, no, uh, lips on the ass, nothing like that. It's, uh, yeah, little breast cancer angel logo on my, uh, chest. Um, the letters ER on my, uh, forearm. And then up on my, uh, bicep area, I have a, uh, um, Phantom of the Opera mask with a Chris Angel logo where the eye would be, and that's uh, that's about it. There we go. What, what did you think overall in, the, in this match and kind of how it turned out here, Carl? I, I think they did some really good stuff here. Everything about this match yeah. was fantastic. Again, I'm going back to building stories, yeah. and that's exactly what they've done here, going throughout the weeks and going – you pick the stipulations. What is it going to take for me to get a match with you? And then, you know, the stipulations, you know, the next week, then we're told, okay, well, there's going to be a steel cage match with you and Wardlow. And then I'm going to give you 10 lashings and you can't touch me until that show. And then the net, you know, then, you know, going Cody going, okay, sounds good. And then, you know, the next week you've got those 10 lashings and then you're, you're waiting, you're waiting for it and you're watching for it and you're going, my word, is he going to be able to, (laughs) like you're invested in it then. And then this steel cage match with Wardlow and you're going, oh, how is MJF going to mess this up? How is he going to, you know, interfere with this? And, you know, know, it was all good. And then you come to this match and it's like. Finally, we've got, and this isn't going to be closure. I doubt that there's going to be closure with this, but the story was perfectly spot on right there. I was happy with it. My favorite part of this. I'm even happy with MJF beating Cody. Yeah. I'm happy with it. My favorite part of this match was when when Cody had uh, taken his weight belt off. And he looked, looked uh, and he was going to go after him. Paul Turner, the referee, was like, "No, no, you can't." And, uh, and uh, Cody was like, said to Paul Turner, "He's like, no, you, you got to give me a couple shots of this." And he's like, "Okay, go ahead." That was my yeah, favorite part of that just, whole match. Yeah, that was so old school, cool yeah. to me. Like that was something Randy Anderson would have done, <laughs> you know. And Bingo. I, I, I have to tell you, I think, and we all sometimes collaborate. Our little cult of personality always collaborates around my Facebook page. Sometimes yeah. when we start talking about this stuff, and I think it goes back that very first night when Cody put it all on the line, I'll never wrestle for the title again. And we were all sitting there saying, Oh my God, if MJF turns on him, it will be the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happens. Yeah, and it's I been did. awesome. 
Yeah. It yes. was a perfect heel turn. Yes, absolutely. Even though it's not really a heel turn because he was already kind of a dick anyway, but you know, <laughs> like he turned on Cody, yeah. and then that automatically made him a super heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Next up, we had our, our second last match of the night. Here we had Pac versus my boy Orange Cassidy. Uh, I'm dying to know what you guys I think of this match because I, I have a feeling that I'm the only Orange Cassidy fan in the room here. Let's start with you, Carl. What did you think of uh, Pac versus freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy? Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I don't get me wrong. Orange Cassidy, you know, had some when he actually started to wrestle and not just play this this stupid, um, drugged out looking type of hands in his pocket bullshit. As soon as that stopped and some actual wrestling started to happen, okay, I'm cool. That 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 was good. I was okay with that. Um, once it went back to that stupid gimmicky type of crap like i can't get behind that <laughs> i just can't get behind it but during the times when that wasn't there it was good i i was okay with it what about you right i'm kind of in agreement with carl i like i like orange cassidy I, I, as someone let me just as a disclaimer someone who has said some horrible shit about him <laughs> as he's developed there on that show i i really just like him more as a manager I like him as an outside character. Yeah. I, I think the kid, the, the people like him. So big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. so what? Uh, that's his kind of silly gimmick. But have him be outside the ring. Have him do the run-ins during a match. I, I did really enjoy when he got going, like Carl said. Mm-hmm. When he got moving fast in the ring, he looked good. Yeah. Um, yes. But at the same time, he could do that stuff as like a third-party character. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like him as a wrestler in the ring, but I, I understand why the people love him. And again, he's another one of those young guys that appeals to a young audience. Bingo. And, and, and like I yeah. said, uh, where, where I really kind of come to his defense or is when, when people, I understand uh, people uh, hating on my own, but I'm just flat out saying that he can't wrestle at all. That's why I really have to come to his defense. And I point out something like w- w- this match here. I told you, like I said, when he, when he wants to go, he can go. So that this argument that he can't wrestle at all to me is, is not valid. No, I don't. I wouldn't yeah. say that, but I think he's in that. Lanny Poffo type realm. Like if yep. you are going to be on TV, you should be a manager and part-time jobber. And yep. that, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. I, nope. The word jobber is nothing to be ashamed of. Nope. You're getting paid yep. you know, to, to do that yep. job. Yep. I just, as far as him being like, I, I would never want to see him fighting for the world title no. or anything like that. He, no. he has no business being yep. anywhere near the top of the card, yep. but I have, I will admit softened my stance Mm-hmm. On freshly squeezed. They've been using him properly, and they haven't been overdoing it. Like he hasn't been having matches every week. He's mainly, uh, he's the third guy with the best friends with that, which I think is the perfect spot for him. Uh, perfect. You know, uh, the Kentucky gentleman there. I mean, he was one of Orange Cassidy's trainers. So you know, they have a friendship and everything going there. That's the right spot for those guys. And with with him having the occasional match, I'm perfectly cool with it. Um, you know, I'm a fan. I think that there is a a place in professional wrestling for this comedic approach. His stuff is done in the context of professional wrestling for so for me it works and like i said when he can go he looks really good in there and um i I think i think like carl and i have said earlier we both said earlier you know we've all said less is more yes you know but less you do that stuff the comedy stuff is fine yep just don't make it the whole show bingo there you go all right so to end off the show here we have aew world heavyweight champion le champion uh, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. Uh, right off the bat here, guys, uh, I, I got to vent a little bit here. This entrance for Jericho 
I, I absolutely hated this choir thing. For me, still, this thing that pisses me off is why are we singing along to the entrance music to what should be one of the biggest heels in the company? The, the, this whole psychology of this match, I'm thinking, especially from somebody that's maybe watching this for the first time, they're thinking that Chris Jericho's got to be the good guy at this point when they, the, the whole audience is singing along to his fucking entrance music. Stone Cold. Stone Cold Stone wasn't Cold a heel. Is the reason why Stone Cold wasn't a heel. He was an anti-hero. That th- doesn't matter. Stone Cold is the reason why because Stone Cold was supposed to be that that bad guy type of person, and oh, you know, screw this and 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 screw that. And yeah, the but people he was, loved it and loved him. He so was never a heel. People want to get behind the heels. But he, was Stone Cold wasn't the, a heel. Being being a fan of the bad guy is a good thing nowadays. Yeah, but that's the reason why Stone Cold wasn't a heel. I, he was an anti-hero. He was like he was kind of like Batman. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I disagree completely on that. I really? thought it was cool. I think yeah. it's cool that the fans sing his song. I thought it was cool because to me, as the ultimate heel, it's like he hired a choir to sing his song yeah. for him. You know, and I, I just, I dig it, man. I, and I yeah. love the Judas song, by the way. I think that's yeah. one hell of an interesting theme. Him and Darby probably yeah. have the two best themes, and Cody. They probably have the best themes in AEW right now. But, that's something they need to work on too. Yeah. Is entrance music because nobody's got like a lot of recognizable songs yeah. yet so but, but no i i do i mean i'm i politely disagree <laughs> uh, i just uh, thought it was a it was a different way yeah. to do it but, i love the spike jacket i yeah. love the just the whole thing that he's so arrogant that I, I again we talked about dustin Rhodes earlier it's another guy that just Gets better with age, man. And just something oh. about this guy. He just always reinvents himself. I, I, I've, I've no issue with the in-ring work and all that. For me, it just it's that entrance really sets that tone. And uh, you know, to compare him against MJF, I mean, MJF, he, he, he gets that desired reaction. Like I said, right from when he comes out to when he leaves. You know, Chris Jericho. You got to think somebody watching if Revolution was their first time watching AEW wrestling when they saw this match. I guarantee you, they were thinking Jericho's the good guy. Because the whole audience is singing along to his music. I think going forward, if they really want to push Jericho as the top heel in the company, they got to change that music up to something that people aren't singing along to. they they got to change it up. Well, I don't know, Joe. I think it's kind of like back when I, I watched Mike Tyson fight. Mm-hmm. And he would come out, and you knew he wasn't a nice guy. You yep. knew he was a bad dude. But people just... They loved him, and they mm-hmm. sang along his entrance music. You know, I mean, it's just—it's almost like it's a certain point. You're so bad that you become good, mm-hmm. and I think that's where, because of that legendary status, I kind of think that's where Jericho's yeah. at right now. That people, they can boo him and and cheer Moxley, but they when he comes out, they respect him just because he's there. Yeah, just because they get the privilege of seeing one of the greatest of all time. Now, just my one other little gripe before we get to, to the good stuff in this match. Another thing that, that I can't stand, uh, when Justin Roberts, I mean, I love him as an announcer and everything, but in this one, the way he announced it, making it sound like a fight, like you're saying, like fighting out of the other corner, we have John Moxley. I'm like, when I when I hear that, that's, uh, I know that probably not everybody feels this way, but just that this is the old school wrestling fan of me coming out here, billing this as, as a fight. I, I don't like that approach. We're here to have a wrestling match. This isn't a fight. I, I hate when they, 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 they use the term fight for a wrestling match. Uh, again, I'm, I'm probably the only one here on this one. Now I, Carl, you know, I, I grew up, my guy growing up was always Gary Michael Capetta. Yeah. 
I love the way he would announce the matches in WCW. And I love that old school. And anytime I've ever done ring announcing, I, I, and I've told Gary before, I rip your style off completely. (laughs) Or it's totally, I'm, all it is, is it's professional and it's inflection. And I don't try to go overboard with any of it. And I think Justin kind of goes a little overboard with the, especially the John Moxley thing. I could, I could do without that. I'm, 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 I'm kind of the same boat. I mean, uh, on both, uh, both uh, aspects here. I mean, you're right. It's not a fight. I think wrestling out of this corner is a better way to bill it instead of fighting out of this corner. And then yes, the 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 whole yeah, no, I'm gonna uh, ring your neck, you stupid son of a. Uh, I I am not <laughs> a fan of that at all. Yeah. Um, you can get the exact same level of enthusiasm without having to go to that type of inflection with, with the name, like. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I will. I will say at least with this match, they went with Aubrey Edwards and they didn't go with Bryce Remsburg. Uh, for oh. those of you who don't know who Bryce Remsburg, we have talked about him on this episode. Now, of course, we're we're recording audio, so you guys aren't going to be able to, to see this. But uh, I don't know how you feel about this guy, Ryan. But when when I watch him in the ring, it's like he's going into business for himself. Like every reaction, like every move being done in the ring, this guy is like moving around and doing this and oh, uh, 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 like just like dude, you're not in there wrestling the match. You're a fucking referee. Stop. Being a fucking other character in there, like he's just going way over the top. What do you think about this guy? Like, I can't, I can't stand this guy as a referee. I don't know, I can't stand it. On the flip side, Carl, if you want to talk about somebody that I have a crush on in AEW, it's Aubrey because I love what she did. Not, yeah, she's I mean, fantastic. In all seriousness, everything she does in the ring is damn near perfect. Yeah, yeah. As I'm watching that match, I'm thinking. She's she's the third man in the ring, and she's not even a man. Yep. You know, I mean, that's she's just that good. Uh, Rimsburg, I I kind of know him a little bit, yeah. and he's all right, you know. But yeah, I agree. Some of the over the top stuff. I mean, it's not, you know. Again, Pee Wee Anderson used to do that stuff in yeah. the ring, and Nick Patrick used to do that stuff. But yeah. it's kind of a new day now, yeah. and. You know, it just, it kind of, it does, it gets cartoonish at some point, you he's, know. He's but still... as far as on Aubrey's side of things, I think <laughs> she just, I mean, she's just so, she's just it yeah. as far as, I think she's the best referee in the business right now. Yeah, her right. her and Paul and Turner. Are, who are, are, thought a woman would be the best referee in the business? Yeah, her and Paul Turner are, are clearly the best ones there. Uh, Ramsburg, like I just, I think he's still reliving. He's the guy that uh, if you want to go see this on YouTube, you can. It was done with uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, he was this referee in this match with Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Uh, basically, he was refereeing an empty ring. And it just, it's one of the most ridiculous things I think you'll see in professional wrestling. And I think maybe he's still reliving that in his mind. I just, I think that this guy just, he, he, he does a little too much. I think he's got to tone it down just a little bit. It's, it's like, it's turning into performance art out there with him. And it's just, it, it, it for me, I, 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 it, it I, takes away buddy, from the match. My buddy, Chris Levine, AKA kid rep. <laughs> yeah. He's got it down. He did that a lot too, but he kind of did it in a, in a way that the people got behind him. Right. It's yeah. Just, I, kinda, I think it depends on the person. I think it depends yeah. on, you know, if you look like you're trying to draw too much attention to yourself, then yeah. the crowd is going to turn on you. Yeah. But if you do it along with the wrestlers and they dig it, you know, Chris has always done comedy spots and mm-hmm. he did a lot of that stuff in impact, but yeah. he did it in a way that kind of made him beloved to the fans mm-hmm. where 
sometimes you might be able to get under somebody's skin if you do it the wrong way. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what happened with me with Bryce. I mean, because I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching a main event match and my, my attention is going to this referee who is like, it, it looks like he just got hit in the face when I mean, he clearly he didn't because he was far enough away from these two wrestlers that, and I'm like, what is, what is going on here? Like, is, is he seizuring? Is he having a convulsion? <laughs> what What's happening now? Don't get me wrong. Aubrey, you, you do see a little bit of that with Aubrey as well, but it's not to the point where it's like performance art <laughs> and she's trying to steal the show. Yeah. It's those those subtle little oh oh like she she just kind of you guys can't see what I'm doing here but if somebody gets kicked in the face she kind of does that subtle little oh and yeah. then puts her hand up to her face and yeah. has that look like oh that that would hurt kicked in the face right yeah you know there's a the same, there's a young lady reaction also, that someone else would have there's a young lady that referees in OVW named uh, Charlene McKenzie mm-hmm. and she's the same way she does it a lot like Aubrey does where it's just it's to the point of, yeah, that's how I would react. If I saw somebody get punched, it, like dead in the mush, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, you know, but I'm not going to flail my arms around like a crash test dummy. <laughs> right? That's what it feels like with Bryce. I mean, uh, just, like, I, like, I know, I know he's good. Just it's, I, uh, dude, it's I a little too much. Joe and he was doing it. Uh, he was mocking that. And I, I started laughing. I had to turn away from it. <laughs> Oh boy! But getting back to the actual match here, I think this was a great way to kind of end off the night here. I will say, just just kind of looking into the crowd, I know maybe maybe it's just me from watching too much WWE. I'm I'm just looking for for stuff to to kind of uh, to talk about here. But you could tell the fans were starting to get a little tired at this point during the show. They were getting a little drained, fatigue. Yeah, yeah started to set in. I I <clears throat> I think that that match probably went a little longer than it needed to. All yep. of Mox's matches seem to go just five minutes too long for yep. some reason but uh i mean god it, it how else do you end it off i mean yeah jericho moxley jericho's been the champ what six months now you know you, you're going into your second title reign in the history of your belt mm-hmm. and just seeing a guy who was a big time star for wwe was one of their champions was one of their main event performers close out what probably is the biggest pay-per-view a- aew's had so far yep up your belt i mean it's it's prestige that I, I think i think they closed the show good i think it made sense that moxley won the belt um Absolutely. probably shouldn't have gone as long as it did because as you said and and i'll kick this over to carl you've probably worked on some of those marathon shows in the past <laughs> where at some point you come through the curtain and the people are like well you just get this shit over with yeah and that's kind of i think at the point they were getting to Definitely, it, it it was, and that is kind of how it felt. Um, you talk about those marathon shows like that. Yeah, definitely, this kind of had that feel, and not in a bad way though, because you take a look at the card and you take a look at all the matches. Everything was great. Like you're you're going through and you're getting the the first match, Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes. Like they put a good show on, but they Darby didn't do too Allen, much. Sammy Guevara, yeah. good show. Yeah. You know, tag match, good show. Women's match, good show. MJF, Cody, wow. Puck, Orange Cassidy, a little slow down, but good show. And then you come into the culmination of everything, and people are like, they're on overload. Their their brains are exploding now because they're like, we have just seen so much good wrestling that uh, I, I don't know if we can fit any more in here, but let's try. Okay, and, and to center ourselves. 
and breathe in and breathe out. And let's well, get ready for John Moxley, Chris Jericho. I think the key was they can only pop so many times. Don't mm-hmm. you think, Joe? It's like you know, it's a certain point. It's like okay, I've already had enough orgasms. Right. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And that's pretty much what it's like. I mean, once you pop them so many times, they're done. You know, yeah. they need they need a nap. <laughs> it's like a, at the beginning here with Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. They they did. They had, they had a good solid match, but they didn't go. They didn't give us like too much right off the bat. There, you know, yes. going to you know the most recent uh, NXT Takeover show, you know, with uh, with Keith Lee and uh, Donovan uh, Dijakovic. I'm just gonna call him Dijak. It's just easier to say. They I felt that they did too much in that match, and it felt like everything afterwards was a come down uh, after it. So whereas with this, we see kind of uh, starting here and then kind of building to a crescendo at the end. You know, this is the, the proper way to to book a card, in my opinion. Instead of going up and down, up and down, up. Up and down yeah i've i've always said i mean the, the biggest pop of the night should be the last one bingo and um because that's what you're sending everybody home with you're sending them home to be happy you're mm-hmm. sending them home thinking okay i gave them their money's worth I, I do think and i'll agree with carl and again i've been on shows where it's five hours long and <laughs> the people at some point you know they've got their kids there yep. they're ready to go home they're ready to you know call it a night and at some point you kind of lose a little bit of momentum. I don't think they, they totally fell off the table with this last match. And I think people were definitely happy to see Mox win the belt, but yeah, I mean, at some point there, they kind of, uh, I think they wore the people out with all the stuff they did on Saturday night, but Hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, at least the people were excited and they, they had a good time and they sent them all home happy. To give us a little bit of perspective here, uh, going from this, you know, we were feeling a little tired after nine matches with this uh, AEW show. Looking, uh, coming up for WrestleMania 36 this year, uh, the projected card that I've been kind of seeing and hearing is going to be 16 matches. Um, so just picture this times two that we're going to be sitting through for WrestleMania. Uh, that's going to be uh, painful. That's gonna, I don't know if I'm going to make it through all that whole thing, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, I mean, four or five hours is way too long. Way too long to do a show. I it just, I, I think we talked about short attention span theater earlier. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's it. I mean, yeah. I, I look, I'm, I'm 44 years old, and I've got a short attention span. Yep. So I, you know, I mean, I at some point, I think we do. We all do this thing where you just turn on WrestleMania and you just walk around the house and eat and cook. <laughs> yep. You know, because it's just sort yeah. of on in the background, like you know, white yeah. noise. Yeah. And then when something good happens, you run in the living room and watch it. That's that's yeah. what's turned into. Uh, I gotta agree with you. Okay, before we uh, take a break into our showstopper segment, uh, normally we would do uh, match of the week here, but since we were mainly talking about AEW Revolution, let's do match of this show here, and we'll go around the table here. Let's start off with you, Carl. What was your favorite match from AEW Revolution? 100% Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes. Um, okay. I just, I was so invested in that entire thing, that entire story leading up to this match. Jake Hager ha- finally getting his debut on pay per view for AEW. Man alive. I was just super happy with everything there. Nice. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Favorite match from AEW Revolution? Just because I'm fascinated by. The ascension of this kid, I got to go with Darby Allen's match. Nope. I just the reaction that the people give him and the energy he brings. I, I'm I, 
I think I'm more fascinated just to see where this thing goes because I think that he's on the verge of being something really great. There you go. Uh, I would definitely agree that that was uh, fantastic. Both great choices uh, for mine. I think I'm going to blow uh, everybody's collective minds around uh, this podcast, including our own uh, Rick Vickery and Michael Jargo. And so my favorite match from AEW Revolution was the second last match for the evening. We're talking Pac versus freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Uh, I really enjoyed This was, for me, I got the most entertainment value out of this match. Uh, no secret that uh, I'm a huge mark for Orange Cassidy. I love his approach to the comedy and professional wrestling, and he can go when he needs to. Uh, I thought that they they gave him enough here to not make Pac look bad. Uh, he still managed to dominate that match for the most part, but Cassidy was still able to get his stuff in. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I know that not everybody did, but for me, this was it was a nice break before the main event, and I got to... Um, Witness a little bit of comedy uh, being destroyed by some power, and I enjoyed that match a lot. And and Carl just gave you the people's eyebrow. When you said that. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it just to uh, to uh, ruffle people's feathers here. I genuinely enjoyed that match, and uh, that's why it's right. my pick. Man, Rick and Jargo are going to rip you a new one. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break here, and we're going to come back with a showstopper segment, and we're going to talk about AEW, where they are currently positioned in the current landscape of professional wrestling. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Visit CollarandElbowBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel in. Mr. Ryan Bowen back here on Turnbuckle Talk. So we were just kind of talking briefly uh, while we were kind of off here, guys. And uh, I, I shared a little picture with you guys just to have a little bit of fun here. And since we were talking about off-air child, uh, you know, sons and daughters of uh, older talents and whatnot, uh, I thought I'd share a picture with you guys here of Brock Lesnar's daughter, who is uh, currently doing some uh, collegiate, some amateur wrestling, and who knows if she'll get into uh, professional wrestling or not. All I will say is that well, you guys can go and check out the photo for yourselves. There's lots of them. That um, she better be one damn good worker because she ain't got any kind of looks. Um, this is Sable's daughter, and oh my god, guys, oh my god. Yep, she definitely looks like her father, which is not good for a girl. Oh, boy. It's... If you guys want to, Maya, M-Y-A, Maya Lynn yep. Lesnar. That's yep. all you need to look up. That is Brock Lesnar's <laughs> I, daughter. I thought, like, this one in particular, the first one that actually shows up on the Google search, I, I legitimately thought, like, this is, like, somebody else's, like, torso and hair. And I thought it was just, like, Brock's face, like, photoshopped in there. No, nope, this is an actual picture of... Brock Lesnar's daughter. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what course, else to say. You know we're all going to be murdered for saying this. But oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, we could I say just we... told them what to look up. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they can make their own decisions. From Absolutely. <laughs> all right, guys, to wrap things up for this week here, let us do our showstopper segment. As we mentioned here, we're going to be talking about where AEW is currently positioned in the landscape of professional wrestling. Um, right off the bat, I think it's still pretty safe to say that WWE is still the number one company, regardless of how shitty we think the product is and whatnot. They're still making the most money and it's definitely still the most prominent company. Um, having said that, I think for number two, I think a pretty safe assumption to make at this point uh, would be New Japan Pro Wrestling is probably the number two company. And um, having said that, then I think that, at least for myself, I think AEW is pretty firmly positioned as the number three company out there. I think uh, that is pretty fair to say. 
as the guest here, Ryan, what, what do you think? Where are they kind of, where's AEW kind of in the, the mix here? Cause it's becoming a very crowded uh, dance floor here with all these companies. I'd, I'd agree with your assessment. I mean, obviously new Japan has a, a market that they dominate, uh, across the seas there. Um, in America, I think it's WWE, then AEW, but you can't, you know, you can't discount the fact that new Japan pretty much owns the Asian market yeah. in terms of being the biggest wrestling company. Having said that, just uh, briefly, this is something I want to pick your brain on here, Ryan. What do you think, uh, then, given that you know New Japan especially really kind of dominates this uh, Japanese, this Asian market of WWE, supposedly this summer, uh, going and entering, uh, looks like we might get like an NXT Japan here. How do you think that they're going to fare over there with such a strong existing uh, company there in New Japan? Well, I don't think Japan is the next stop for WWE. I think it's India. I'm fairly certain there's going to be an NXT India rather soon, sooner rather than later, I should say, before they can bust into the Japan market. And I've had on pretty good authority, by the way. Uh, So I think that's the next step for them. Um, If WWE tries to compete with New Japan, it's just a different culture. Those folks over there, you can't just come in, I mean, and take over their turf. They have a certain way that they think about things they have uh and anybody that's ever been involved with anime or or producing movies over there they favor their folks first and Mm -hmm. with good reason i mean they're loyal to their product so i don't i don't know if there ever will be an nxt japan i think we'll see an nxt india and an nxt canada before Mm -hmm. we see them try to put stakes down in Canada. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'd be all for, for all for that. I think if they're going to venture over to that part of the world, I don't think new Japan is the right place to go. I think Australia is actually the place that they should uh, target. I mean, they already have some talent from that area. There's, there's a lot of companies running. There. There's a lot of fantastic talent coming out of that country. Um, I, personally, I think that that's where they should, they should go. But Getting kind of slightly off topic here with uh, AEW, where do you think uh, they're positioned here, Carl? Do you, do you think that they're this number three, or do you think maybe that they're number two? Or are they ahead of New Japan, or where do you think that they're uh, in kind of the whole scope of things here? In in the entire scope of professional wrestling, I would agree with number three. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to North America, you, you can't put them at number three. Uh, they're number two. Mm-hmm. WWE, unfortunately, is always going to be that number one when you break absolutely everything down. WWE is always that number one. Number two you're looking is right now AEW in North America. Um, so, it, 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 I mean, it's it's hard because you know, you've got all these other you know companies like New Japan Pro Wrestling that is a clear, right, top of the top yeah. in their area. Right. So that's that's kind of, you know, uh, where it comes in and and, and makes it a little bit more difficult because, yeah, it's hard to kind of clump it all together. If we're talking worldwide, then, yes, like we're looking number three for AEW. But if we're looking just our market, number two. I think that the, the right way to look at this here, guys, is that, uh, and this actually stems back probably to one of the first times that we talked to you here, uh, here Ryan, is that I don't think that that this whole, and this a lot, comes a lot from the internet wrestling community as well, this idea of AEW trying to overtake WWE and trying to be the number one and whether one's better than the other. I, I think that's not the right approach to go here. I, I think the right approach here is, uh, I believe it was you that made uh, this comparison here. It's like Coke versus Pepsi. 
where obviously WWE is Coke, but there's also room for Pepsi to be there as well. And Pepsi doesn't have to overtake Coke. There's just as much of a demand for that, and the two can coexist. It's not it doesn't have to always have to be one trying to destroy the other. Yeah, I've always said. I mean, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with being the best number two mm-hmm. in the world, uh, and being a profitable number two. That's, That's the main thing. Yep. As long as you're making money, it doesn't matter if you're number one. Yep. It, you know, and and I think that all elite hopefully has figure that out mm-hmm. um and i i honestly if i were to put things and i wrote this column uh, a few weeks ago about you know who's who's the third brand who's third behind wwe and aew in america you know is it mlw is it ring of honor or whatever i mean roh had the chance to be pepsi and they blew it yeah now aew took that spot and i think in north america <clears throat> excuse me they are clearly the number two brand and they have a chance to go on and have a very successful run as a promotion. So what's wrong with that? They don't have to beat WWE. All they have to do is make money. And it seems like they will since they got a three-year TV contract and things are going well right now. One one thing kind of tying on with this too that that has me, and again, this goes back to people in the internet wrestling community kind of taking things out of context and trying to make a certain point. The one thing I've been seeing a lot of lately, and there was a little bit of this going with WWE as well, but now you know the the really hardcore fanboys of WWE who like to hate AEW have been doing this of taking pictures whether these guys are at the arena or whether they know somebody that's been there, and somebody will take a picture very early on before a lot of people have even come into the arena for the show, and then they'll post this on. Their Facebook page or these groups and go, oh look, uh, here's a from AEW Dynamite and uh, so during the show and nobody's here yet. You know, they're, they're taking it completely out of context. This is just borderline fake news bullshit here, guys. I mean, this is uh, the kind of stuff here that it's going away from you know healthy debates over one's better or the other, like we used to be with WCW and WWF. But now it's just like again, this is because of the internet as well that. Uh, Anybody can just post stupid bullshit and just say, you know, this is fact when obviously it's not the case. Well, I always throw back to Carl. How many times did you get to a show an hour early and everybody was there? (laughs) That's the way it usually is. I mean, it's usually five minutes before the bell rings is whenever it walks through the door. Yeah. And, and even then, right. So you're working the show, um, you know, whether it's behind a mask or something like I've, I've had some friends that, you know, worked behind a mask and they're out doing the tickets Right. So they're there and they're supposed to curtain jerk and they're still taking tickets at, you know, five minutes to bell time. And it's like, uh, um, um, uh, yeah, you come here. <laughs> right? yeah. So, I mean, it's very true. People are just they're not there an hour early. They're there five minutes before. Yeah. Let's face it. Race wrestling fans are mostly lazy people. Yeah. That's, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of maybe WrestleMania now, I mean, uh, I would think it's pretty fair to say with that one. I think the majority of the people are showing up there fairly a bit, most because a lot of these people are coming from out of town and whatnot. Uh, just back briefly on that, I mean, we're, we're in early March here, and there's still a lot of tickets available for WrestleMania. Uh, that's a little kind of worrisome uh, there. I think probably about half of the tickets are still available to be purchased, so that's that's a little scary. Um well, yeah, I mean, it's other than WrestleMania, you know, most wrestling shows aren't tailgate parties. No. You know, people don't show up four hours before the event and everything else. So you never know, man. I mean, those WrestleMania tickets might go right away on the very last day of the Could show. It, it's kind of, again, it's the nature of the beast. As I said, I know, and I speak for all wrestling fans when I say 
we're lazy and we put shit off to the last yeah. minute. Is it a pretty fair statement to say though that I think at one point it was a pretty safe bet that WrestleMania was just going to sell out being the fact that it was WrestleMania. I think that those days are, I would say for the last two or three years that WrestleMania doesn't necessarily sell itself on the name anymore. No, I agree with that. Just be, because, I mean, just the, uh, the, the, the actual product is so damaged now. And then now, you know, given that this is a publicly tra- traded company and we have all this information, all this kind of underhanded stuff that we've been hearing about that's going on, uh, with Vince and money and ugh, just, it's, um, we're, I think we're really feeling that with WrestleMania this year, just that, uh, just people aren't into it now. And we have this byproduct of there's just so much other good wrestling out there that people just aren't into WrestleMania as much this year. And, you know, th- there's this possibility of the network getting kind of shuffled around and things taken away. Just, it's, uh, man, it, it's, it, it's, it's a cool time to be a wrestling fan. Cause there's a lot of cool stuff going on, but for WWE, uh, it, it's, it's been a weird journey this past, um, year and a half, close to two years watching this company go from being the, the big powerhouse to now it's like, it's, it feels like they're on the verge of some really, really bad stuff here. It just, uh, it's, it's been very strange. Very strange. I, I think if I would use one word that the fans would say about WWE and their future, it's uncertainty. Yeah. You just really don't know what's going to happen next. And yep. we've never been in that situation with this no. company because they've always been so dominant. They've always kicked everybody else's ass, you know, and, and took names and all that other stuff. But now they're, they're just done all these things that they've kind of made their fan base, not trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Carl? Uh, definitely. I would. I mean, I think the last time that maybe we saw a little bit of a, uh, oh no, scary moment type of thing would have been during the Monday Night Wars when, you know, WCW was really making its rise. And, you know, um, there's documentaries and all of this stuff out there that people can view where even people within the WWE were going, we don't know if next week we're going to be here. And that was a scary time. And I think that uh, it possibly... They might have kind of, you know, remembered that and are going back to, well, if we just play things safe, then we know that we're still going to be okay in the end and we're not going to be losing anything as long as we're safe and we just, you know, if we need to just break even for WrestleMania, then, then we we break even and make a, you know, a tiny little profit off of it. Okay, cool. At least we're still here and we're not, you know, having to worry about what's happening. Um in the same token, they need to stop with that mindset and go, we need to dominate again and we need to become this powerhouse that we have been in the past and that we know we can be. So, I mean, it's unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to all of that because AEW, uh, you know, and who knows if, if they maybe collaborate with someone else, if they could start making that rise up and becoming like the old WCW and you know, winning the ratings and all of this stuff, which we know, okay, I'm going to put this out there because I've had people messaging me already. Um, AEW is not going to be going to Monday nights and they're not saying that they're not going to Monday nights because they don't want to compete with Monday night raw. They don't want to compete right now with Monday night football. Okay. So just so that everybody knows all the listeners that have messaged me, AEW is not going to Monday night. Um, take a look at our social media at TV talk pod, especially the Facebook page. Um, I've posted something on there from our good friend, uh, Chris Toplack, who, uh, 
generously made this entire big thing uh, from a press conference that was done. Thank you, Chris, for that. Really appreciate that. And we have shared it on our Facebook page from his page. Go and take a look at all the points that came out of that. And that was one of them, that they are not going to go to Monday nights. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, one hand's playing it safe. The other hand is going, well, maybe we shouldn't, and we need to lift things up. So it's kind of all just, yeah, who knows? Uh, I think that the real big difference here is I mean, we're just going back to. Phone off. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I think the real big difference, uh, what's going on now, is uh, going back to this Monday Night War. You know, we saw WWE start to dominate, and it actually pushed WWE, you know, to then realize, hey, okay, you know, we need to step up our, our game. You know, we were wondering once AEW uh, started how this was going to affect WWE. Now, you know, we've been seeing kind of AEW arguably putting on a better product, and WWE's reaction has been, well, we're just kind of in limbo here we're doing the Saudi Arabia stuff, you know, we're pouring wet dog food on one of our top talents. Um, you know, we're not, it's not like they're being pushed to, to kind of do better. It's like they're, they're in panic mode going, Oh, okay, well let's just kind of do what we can just so we don't lose our current audience. Like it's, it's more of like an intimidation and then not, kind of the reaction of like, okay, you know, this company is coming along, you know, now we need to step up our game. That just hasn't been the effect at all here so far. Anyways. Well, the other thing that people wrestling fans need to realize is television networks don't work that way. It's not like AEW is going to call up TNT and say, look, motherfuckers, we're going to Monday nights. (laughs) Yeah. The the network will make that call, not the wrestling fans and not Tony Khan. Yeah. And not all elite wrestling. So if they decide they want to put them on Monday nights, they will. Yeah. But I mean, let's just again step back and look at things in the grand scheme of things. That you know, the network can decide what night they're on, and because they own the show, AEW doesn't make that call. Yeah. One more brief thing before we do uh, call an episode here, because I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain on this here too, Ryan, dealing more with WrestleMania here and this whole thing of this notion that the um, the, the pay-per-views might be moving away from the network. Let's say if this happens this year with WrestleMania, as opposed to paying, well, you guys pay 10 bucks for the network here. We pay a little bit more for the network here in Canada. But if for this year for WrestleMania, uh, if you have to pay the $60, $80 for WrestleMania, are you buying the pay-per-view? No, I won't. I, I, I mean, I'll be looking for a promo code from a friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about it. I, if they do the ESPN Plus thing, look, on my side of things, no, I won't probably reach out and do that but from wwe standpoint if you look at their pay-per-view buys and i just wrote that column last week about this what they have lost in terms of pay-per-view revenue as opposed to what they gained by having their own network has overall been a loss in my opinion and now they have to cut bait and partner up with somebody like Disney or somebody like ESPN. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Hey, they tried something, it worked for a while. And then the people caught on to their gimmick and now they have to do something else. If they go on to ESPN plus, I think it's a great move for WWE or whatever streaming service, Disney, whoever ends up eventually buying all that stuff. Yeah. That's a good move for them financially. You can't blame them for wanting to make money. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, I think we're down to less than a million subscribers on the network now. So, you know, it's a bit of a scary number. And um, I think that's definitely, you know, like you said, whether it's a, a Disney Plus, whether it's an Amazon, that's another name that's been thrown out there as well. Uh, I mean, hell, they could end up buying the whole fucking company, uh, given the money that Bezos and uh, the folks over there have. 
So, yeah. It, it's, I think that's what will eventually happen. I, I don't think that they're going to be yep. a solely owned company. They're going to sell out to a huge conglomerate. Yep. Probably not while Vince is still alive. But no. I think eventually yeah. someone like Amazon or Disney will buy the library. Yep. And then they'll initiate talks to buy the company itself. Yep. That's, uh, I think, a fair assumption to make. All right, cool, guys. We covered a lot this week. Even just uh, even more outside of the uh, AEW Revolution pay-per-view, we got to talk some WWE, some WrestleMania, some good stuff there. And uh, I think I think we were pretty well all in agreement that this was a really good outing for AEW. I don't know. People have been saying, oh, this is their WrestleMania now. Um, I don't know if I'd go quite that far. I think probably All Out or Double or Nothing will probably be their marquee kind of show for the year. But, I mean, this was still a great outing. I love the way that the, this event was booked. You know, we didn't do too much at the beginning. We, we had a nice kind of build to a crescendo at the end. Yeah, people got a little tired at the end, but uh, I thought they did some really, really good stuff here overall. Yeah, I'd agree. I thought it was a pretty solid. I think if you stack up the two cards from this week, AEW won. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely agree. Yes. Okay, guys, so I think we'll wrap it up for uh, this week here. But before we do go, uh, for those who might be hearing you for the first time uh, here, Ryan, uh, let everybody know where they can find you, what it is that you do over at thegrillposition.com. Uh, well, a little bit of everything. I'm the editor-in-chief of thegrillposition.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K. Bowman and on Facebook at Ryan K. Bowman. Come hang out on my Facebook page because we usually have a good time and give each other a lot of shit. Yes, absolutely. Especially uh, while there's wrestling uh, on the old television, we uh, tend to have some good discussions. That uh, it's time to get a little heated, but uh, there's always some uh, some good stuff there. There's nothing wrong with a little heat, my friend. Absolutely not. It makes the world go round. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll wrap it up for this week here, Carl and Ryan, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me, it's an order to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Right.